Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One more time, why don't we just thank God for His presence here tonight. Father, we just worship You. Thank You for being with us. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing to have Your presence not only abiding within us, but when we come together in the name of Jesus, there's a corporate flow, there's a corporate anointing that meets us in this place. And we thank you for that. We need that. We need that corporate anointing. It blesses our life. It touches us in ways that we don't even know. And so we just receive of that tonight. Thank you for giving that to us. And we thank you that there's a powerful anointing in this room for revelation. We believe revelation comes to us, flows to us. Wisdom flows. Discernment flows. The gifts of the Holy Ghost are in operation both in this room and for those watching, ready to receive, expecting something good. Hallelujah! We thank you that there's a divine flow of ministry that's flowing tonight. We thank you for those being healed. Healed. Thank you, Lord, for that one that's watching right now and healing is flowing into their body. Hallelujah. Thank you for the, the one whose mind needs to be at rest and they need to walk in the peace of God. I thank you right now they receive peace. By faith they receive peace in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We speak peace. Peace over your mind. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor tonight for who you are, what you've done for us. We give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. So good to be here tonight. Amen. Did you bring your expector? Got it turned on. Amen. God has something good for us. I really believe that. Uh, just something to help us, help our faith. Help us to be encouraged in Him and in His Word tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the Word. Let's just pray over the Word. We thank you for the Word. Thank you for giving us the Word that brings faith and stability. Hallelujah. During a difficult season in this world, we need stability. And I thank you that we are kept stable by the truth of your word. And we believe, Father, that we receive something good from it tonight that helps our faith, helps our faith remain steady. Hallelujah. No matter how turbulent the world may be, we are even. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Go with me, if you would, to Mark 11. Actually, y'all can go to Mark 11, and I'm going to catch up with you. I'm going to start over in Ephesians 6, verse 10. This is a verse that I've been uh, 
just for my own personal devotions, I've been in this verse for uh, several months. But isn't it amazing how a verse can just keep feeding you and feeding you and feeding you and uh, getting, getting you established. You know, that's really what we're after is to be established in Revelation. Not just, you know, hear a sermon now and then, but I mean, we can hear a word over and over and the Holy Ghost just keep you on that same word till I mean it's it's like it's marked in you it's almost like it's branded on your spirit and that's kind of how Ephesians 6 has been to me I want to read in verse 10 it says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places and so we can see that there are evil spirits evil forces working all around us but it goes on to say wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So there's a battle that's going on, but we are called to stand. We are called to stand against a real enemy. He's not a figment of people's imagination. It's a real devil who has a real plan against your life. But praise God, we've been infused with the strength of God. I believe there's a strengthening power that's at work in us every time we pray. Every time we open up our Bibles, hallelujah, that the Holy Spirit is strengthening us to stand against the enemy, and he's also strengthening you so that you can stand your ground. Stand your ground. People many times don't get this concept that you have ground. And God wants you with the faith of God, with the authority that you have to defend that ground. You know, you can give up your ground. You can stand your ground. You can gain ground. There's all kinds of things you can do with ground. But many times people give up because they think that everything that happens in life Well, you know, it happened, so it must be, you know, God's will. No! Did you not read Ephesians 6 and 10? There are evil spirits at work in this world. Just because something happens doesn't mean it's the will of God. Listen, God said, it's not my will that any should perish. 
But are there people perishing today? Are there people that have not received Jesus? Of course, there's people not born again. There's people that won't be born again, but that wasn't God's will. It was God's will for them to be saved, for them to receive salvation. And so things will come, challenges will come, and they're coming at us even now. But we have to make a decision that we're going to stand our ground. Listen, what are you standing for? What are you standing for? Define it. You know, there's some things that people stand for and it's not worth standing for. But I'm going to tell you something. The Word of God is worth standing for. The things of God are worth standing for. The things of the Spirit are worth standing for. Truth is worth standing for. Your family is worth standing for. Whatever belongs to you is worth standing for. Get a spine. I mean it. This passive you know, where Christians have to just be passive and soft-spoken and soft-minded, that's a bunch of baloney. God has called us to be strong in Him, be courageous in Him, and to stand for something and defend your ground because He wants to work on your behalf, but He only works where there's faith. What are you standing for? There's a, there's a verse, if you don't mind putting it up there. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about different people in the Bible that just inspire me. This is one of David's mighty men. And his name was Shama. And he defended a pea patch. A pea patch to him was worth fighting for why because it belonged to him and notice what it says here it says uh, I'm going to just put it on the screen in the NSAB it says now after him was Shammah the son of Agi a Herite and the Philistines were gathered in a troop where there was a plot of, of a ground full of lentils so it's peas it's vegetables I think are peas a vegetable or are they considered a protein meat? I'm not sure. They're not in my pantry. But anyway, and the Bible says, and the people fled from the Philistines, but he took his stand. He took a stand. And in the midst of the plot, he defended it. And he struck the Philistines, and the Lord brought about a great Victory for Shammah. Why? Because he stood for something. And he took a stand with his faith. I'm telling you, the Bible says, if you read on, he fought so hard, he claved to the sword so hard, they had to pry that sword out of his hand. That is a picture to you and I of what we need to be doing right now in the midst of our nation. Our nation is worth fighting for. And it's not just because of America. It's for every other country that we affect all over this world for the gospel. And I'm not going to lay down and let global communism come in here and take our right away.
away from us to preach the gospel. If you think this is over, honey, you've got the wrong person. Because we're going to take a stand against this and we're going to preach the gospel until Jesus comes back to get us out of here. And one day, he's going to. We're going to either be praying or getting somebody saved or reading our Bible and increasing our faith. And Jesus is going to come and whoop, we're going to be out of here. But until then, I'm going to keep my hand on the sword and I'm going to stand for what's worth fighting for. Get a fight in you for something. Fight for your family. To be saved. To do the will of God. It's worth fighting for. Hallelujah. Over here, are you over here in Mark 11? Say, well, you're mad. I'm really not mad. I'm really not mad. I've just got to resolve that I'm not going to quit for nothing. When are you going to give up? Never, ever, 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 ever am I going to give up on the will of God. See, you got to find out what the will of God is. That's what the church has got to do. We got to be unified, not confused about what the will of God is. Dear God, be on the same side as God. And if you're confused about it, then just pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're confused, just hush. And let those who aren't confused about it tell others the truth. Praise the Lord. Mark 11 this is a word the Lord gave me last week, and man, it just exploded in me. Mark eleven twenty five. Look at this. It says, And when ye stand praying. See, this is what we do while we're standing our ground. We're praying. See, the Bible, in how it's written and all the words in it, it's not it's not there by accident. This gives us a picture of what we do while we stand. We stand praying. We stand releasing our faith. We stand believing God for His will to be done in the earth. That's what we're here to do is to pray out the will of God in the earth. I like what, um, just put it on the screen, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're in a battle, but this is what we do. We pick up our spiritual weapons. Hallelujah. And we use them against the enemy. We use them against these evil spirits and these evil forces that want to come in and push us back and push the church over in a corner and intimidate us. See, there's an intimidation, a spirit of fear. See, fear can work in all different kinds of forms. 
But there's a fear that many in the church have today. And I'm going to tell you, you shouldn't have it. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. God has a plan for his church. God has a plan for this church. God has a plan for you today. And you can pray that out while you're standing. Hallelujah. I love how that reads. And when ye stand praying. I like what uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says. Pray without ceasing. One translation, I think it's just so great. It says never give up on prayer. See, The devil will work on you because maybe things don't look the way you thought they would look. Things didn't turn out the way you thought they would turn out. And so the enemy will work on you to say, well, you know, what's the use? You know, it doesn't make any difference if you pray. It doesn't make any difference when you, you know, speak the word of God over these situations. Let me tell you, that's a lie. That's a lie. Oh, I tell you, if he can get the church to stop right now, then he can do what he wants to do. But we're not going to stop. Not ever, not ever going to stop praying. Not ever going to stop expecting to see the goodness of the Lord. Not ever going to stop expecting the hand of God to bring great deliverance to his people and to our nation. Never will we stop. Never. Hallelujah. This is something that's good to pray. Just put this on the screen. I love this. This is what I've been praying. Psalm 68 and 1. Let God arise. Lord, arise. Arise with your power. Let your word arise. Let the anointing of God arise. Let miracles, signs, and wonders arise. Arise, God. And let your enemies, are there enemies to the cross? There are. There are people so deceived, so deceived, so wicked. See, that's hard for some people to to wrap their brain around. But there are evil and wicked people that are annoyed at anything anointed. The church has done nothing to them. Remember, remember Paul said that he goes, it's, it's hard to kick against the pricks. Why, there was just something about the things of God that agitated them. See, there's things about the, the, the church, the gospel. It just, it agitates evil people in the world and they have set themselves in rebellion against the word of God in rebellion against the truth and they think they can actually overthrow us it's actually quite hilarious but the one they're listening to I was preaching about this Sunday morning the enemy himself is so deceived that he actually thinks in the end he's going to overthrow God so you look 
at people and you think, how stupid can you be? Well, look at the one they're following. Praise the Lord. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let them also that hate him flee before him. See, we can pray this. We can pray, God, tear down these strongholds. There are strongholds in our families. There are strongholds in our nation. There are strongholds in other nations, church, We are here to do more than go shopping. We are here to do more than find the next, you know, pair of boots for our closet, handbags, all that mess. We are here to do a spiritual work and to stand our ground and to pray. Amen. Now, go over here to, uh, go over to Daniel chapter 3. I want to show you some really wonderful Bible stories. You know, the, 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 the way I grew up, we went to Sunday school. How many went to Sunday school? Anybody? Didn't you love Sunday school? They had donuts, and they had milk, and, <clears throat> and they had little coloring, you know, pages for you, and uh, the David C. Cook um, felt boards, you know, and you got to you know, look at all the Bible stories, and as they were telling them, they'd put it all on the felt board, and it was just wonderful. I get the warm fuzzies just thinking about Sunday school. It was wonderful. And um, one of the things that they really um, taught a lot about was the Old Testament Bible stories, men and women of faith, that believed God. And I tell you, they just inspire me so much. They really, really do. And I, I, and I was thinking about some of these last week. And it just, I'm telling you, I got so excited. And as I read these stories, you, you just see a picture of what it looks like to walk by faith. See, it's not in there for filler. It's not just in there for the little kids. It's in there for us to have a picture of how faith works, the principles of faith. You know, like David. Man, I tell you what, just the principles of his faith where he went after the giant, took his three little stones, hallelujah, said, God has caused me to kill the bear. Kill the lion. And I'm going to kill this uncircumcised Philistine. And I'm going to take off his head. Words of faith. Defining it. See, that's the principles of faith. And you can see it in those Bible stories. And so there's, there's three that we're going to talk about tonight. And I think it's going to help you to see that it is never in vain for the church, for you to stand your ground because we serve a God who has the last word on it. (laughs) 
The people, the enemies of the cross that you and I see today, we see their faces, they're not the first ones. There have been others that have come against the will of God and they paid a price for it. But there have also been men and women of God who believed God I tell you, Abraham, he believed God against all hope. He kept hoping. Against all hope, he kept believing God. That should be an inspiration to us to not let go. And so we're going to look at some of these, and we're going to start with, oh, this was one of my favorites because the, you know, the little pictures had fires and flames and all that kind of stuff. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, that story today, to me, really speaks to where we're at right now. You know, there was, uh, you know, a, a, a decree that went out that you had to bow to King Nebuchadnezzar. And they said, we're just not going to do it. We're just not going to do it. So, well, you know, nobody's making us bow to anybody. Well, maybe not to a person, but to man's ideas about things yes they're trying to make the church change they're trying to put the pressure on us to compromise calling what the bible talks about different things trying to call that hate speech are you kidding when you have youtube taking down people's uh sermons right in the middle of their sermon because it doesn't match their version of truth. See, this ain't, you know, somewhere, you know, on the other side of the planet. Honey, this is here today in America. Communist China Playbook 101 at an a.m. p.m. near you. It's here. What are we going to do about it? We're going to, well, we don't want to offend anybody. So we'll just preach that stuff to our people in a little Bible study somewhere in somebody's something. See, there's all, see, compromises have been everywhere. It started when we started taking people in the back room to get them filled with the Holy Ghost. We started compromising way back then. We just kept going with it. The church needs to get back to where they'll compromise nothing. They'll compromise nothing in the word of God. We cast out devils. Amen. We believe in divine healing. We believe in miracles. You believe in miracles, Brother Mark? Oh, yeah. He's a walking, talking, living miracle. Piano playing miracle. And we believe that God still does that today. See, the world wants us to change because our outdated, outworn Bibles, it's not progressive enough. 
We're supposed to be changing with the times. The word of God stands forever. The grass may wither, the flower may fade, but the word of God remains forever. It does not change. But Nebuchadnezzar said, you either bow to me or I'm going to throw you in a furnace. And they said, we're not going to do it. And he was furious. See, devils get furious and irrational. And he said, okay, we're going to make that furnace seven times hotter just for you. So they bound them up, threw them in the furnace, and the men who threw them in died because the furnace was so hot. But I want you to see what happened in Daniel. Are you over there, Daniel 3? Daniel 3 in verse 24 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said to his counselors, Did we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and they said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I'm going to tell you, church, Jesus is that fourth man in our fire. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't abandon us. He is right there in the midst of it to save us, to protect us, to cause there to be no hurt from that attack of the enemy. And I love this because not only did they see it, but the world saw it. They saw a God that would deliver his people. They saw a God that wouldn't abandon his people. And it says in verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire and the princes, governors, captains, the counselors being gathered together, they saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Why? Because Jesus was the fourth man in that fire. Something is happening right now in the church. I'm going to tell you something. We are going to see the deliverance of our God in your family. You're going to see the deliverance of God with every attack. If you will just stand your ground and stand in faith, God will work a great victory for you. I'm telling you, this is like a miracle. No smell of fire. Jeremy can't even go make a burger on the grill without smelling like fire. 
we were laughing about it. He, 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 he got a new little uh, gadget to make pizzas, you know, and I guess the flame was kind of low. So he went and got my blow dryer <laughs> to, like, fan the flame. My blow dryer smells <laughs> like hickory. And it's been like two weeks. And every time I use that thing, I'm like, this is just wrong. He owes me another blow dryer. This is, he can have this one and fan whatever flames he wants with it. But I need a new blow dryer because it smells like smoke. But see, God can move and deliver. I'm telling you, no matter what it is you're facing, stand your ground. Believe God, He will work. He will do something miraculous for you. He will cause you to come through without even a smell of smoke on you. And you just came right out of the fire. Hallelujah. Exodus 14. We're just going to go through a couple of more real quick. Are you getting anything out of this? I love this. It's like Sunday school without the David C. Cook donuts and, yeah. Flannel board. Do they even do flannel boards anymore? Those were the best things. Praise the Lord. Exodus 14. Remember the Red Sea? <laughs> I mean, oh man. They were delivered from bondage, the children of Israel. I mean, came out rich. I don't know what God did to those Egyptians, but I mean, they just lost their mind for a second and just gave them all this stuff, gave them all these jewels, gave them all the silver, gave them all the gold. So these people were walking out of Egypt free, rich, and so blessed. And maybe afterwards, Pharaoh thought, man, did I fall on my head? What did I do? Let's go after them. And that's what they did. And so here the children of Israel are, they're standing in front of the sea, which is, you know, it really represents the impossible. You're sandwiched in between an enemy army, which in that day, that was the, the, the most powerful military army on the planet. And they're coming after you. And you've got a Red Sea in front of you. And you're not a warrior. You're just a normal person standing there with your wife and kids. And maybe you got a dog and a cat. And, you know, you're on this journey. And you're just standing there. And you're thinking, well, what are we going to do? And, you know, Moses, thank God. I, I, was, I was talking to Jeremy about this. I said, I thank God for spiritual leadership right now in the body of Christ. People that are so bold and so strong and so full of faith and they're just leading the charge kind of like Moses did because Moses could have given up. Gosh, they're coming after us. We've got nowhere to go. Let's just go back, guys. Let's just relent and go back. But you know what he said? I love what he said right here. He said, fear ye not. Stand. Stand. Still. Another way of saying that is stand your ground. I believe that's what God is saying to his people tonight. Let's just stand your ground. Yeah. 
Stand your ground. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. Then he goes on to say something else, which was so prophetic. Listen to what he said. He said, for the Egyptians who you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Now, they didn't understand what God meant. We do because we know the end of the story. We know that they got swallowed up. They went after them and they got caught in the middle of that sea and the walls came back in and swallowed them up. That wasn't how they planned it. But God has the last word. But I'm going to tell you something. We have a word from God that we are delivered from our enemies. And I'm going to tell you something. God watches over his word to perform it. Your enemies might be bigger. They might be mightier. They might have deeper pockets. They might look like they've got great ways to come at you and destroy your life. But I'm going to tell you, God is on your side and he is fighting for you and he watches over his word in your life. Those enemies will not prevail against you. I love what it says in verse 14. The Lord shall fight for you. You shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go out on dry land through the midst of the sea. Drop down to verse 21. Moses did just that. He stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. All that night made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians... Per 